3: This is it! The time has come!
4: Saturday night's all right for fighting. Push him down! Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with
0: Adam Catterall. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from Talk Sport. I'm Adam Catterall. It's a pleasure to once again be in your company. If it's the first time you've ever come across us... You know what to do. Come on, hit subscribe on iTunes or via the TalkSport website where you can get yourself an Android feed. You'll never miss out on any of our fight night coverage. And we always have the biggest name guests. Coming up on this show, you are going to hear from Derek Chisora, Luke Campbell, Callum Johnson, Callum Smith and Bob Aaron. As well as that, we'll have a little bit of the, a chinwag between me and my co-presenter for this week, the one and only Mr. Spencer Oliver. I think we'll start... In Carl Frampton's back garden. I know that sounds a little bit weird, but he was kicked out of the house to come and have a chat to me and Spence at the weekend. We got wind that him and Jamel Herring had been given the thumbs up by the WBO. Listen, let's talk about the big news in your life uh, in, the, in the boxing world, my man, because it was looking dicey for a period of time. We, there was a lot of talk that the WBO might get in the way and, and make a mandatory situation for Jamel with Shakur Stevenson. It's great that it's been given the thumbs up this week that your promise yeah. for with Jamel is going ahead.
5: Yeah, look, I was always, always confident. I was big to MTK and, and everybody else involved in making the fight, and I was confident the fight was going to happen. Um But then when, when Shakur started piping up, and then obviously he's a big name and a big draw, yeah. and the government bodies like to keep these sort of people happy, I thought, right, this may be a wee bit of a stumbling block. But Jamal Haring was entitled to a voluntary defence, as long as it happens before the end of January. Um And and me and him have been talked about for a long time, so uh we'll fight each other. And, and that's it. I'm delighted that Shakur has been kind of Pushed away, he just he just has to wait his turn. Um, mm. But uh, but that's the way a boxing game works, I suppose. And you know that.
0: Yeah, well, well, listen, you you, you obviously were chasing the one big fight. Now potentially there's two monster fights uh, on on the yeah. horizon. With him being the manager for that WBR uh, strap, you seem to have a really nice relationship with uh, Jamel. I know that once the bell goes, it'll be totally different, mate. But you seem to yeah. there yeah. seems to be an awful lot of respect between the pair of you.
5: Well, there is, and do you know what? There's been a lot of respect between me and a, a lot of my opponents. I've seen the fight. Decent guy, um, and and uh, yeah, someone brought that up the other day on Twitter. That, that it's just constantly good guy after good guy that I that I keep fighting. And Jamel <laughs> Jamel is a nice guy, but obviously, once the bell goes, we'll, we'll be doing whatever it can. And and this, I suppose the same applies to him. He'll be doing whatever he can to win, uh, and I and I'll be doing whatever I can to win. So the respect kind of goes out the window for them. Uh, Thirty six minutes of the fight, but. You know, I suppose we can we can still be friends. We're not, we're not friends. We don't really know each other. We just got a re- mutual respect. But I think the respect even grows once you share a ring with twelve rounds for with, a, with another man
4: yeah sure Cole you know it's quite refreshing actually that um, you know that you've got this mutual respect for each other and that, and, and that's well 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 aired if if you like um, we see a lot of social media stuff going on don't we and fights are made even on social media with people disrespecting yeah. each other and whatever so that actually is quite refreshing Cole what I wanted to ask you was you're a two weight world champion super bantam weight world champion featherweight world champion now going for your third world title in an incredible career you've had and a long career you've had you're 33 years of age and now, how long do you see it going for, mate? I mean, uh, uh, yeah, wh- how long do you see yourself going for? Uh, well,
5: <laughs> uh, I'm taking it one fight at a time, and I have said that for the last number of fights, Spencer. I'm just going to take it one fight at a time and, and make a judgment after each individual fight, but um, I, I was <laughs> I was speaking, uh, I was doing my, I do a t- column in the Sunday Life back home in a paper mm. in Northern Ireland, and I'm I can't. I describe myself in it. It's going to win tomorrow's paper. But I, I'm middle aged these days, aren't I? That's what I am.
0: Stop it! Stop it! We're both older than
5: you. Yeah. Stop doing that. You're what
4: are you ma- doing? <laughs> <laughs> making me feel really old, mate. Yeah. So
5: if, like if I if I uh, if I win a world title in the third division as a middle aged man, I, I'll be delighted with that. Mm.
4: Yeah. I mean, Cole. You know, you're going for this third third world title. If you do get that, if you do win the world title, and w- would you feel that you're career is complete or do you feel it's complete already or do you feel there's still more to earn and I mean you I thought, know a third world would title be be would be incredible man has is, is any Irishman ever won three world titles no, one,
5: oh. no, no. one's ever done it me, me and Steve Collins and Katie Taylor are the only the only people on the island of Ireland that have done that there's only been three in front of me um, in Britain as well that have done it so uh, we join an elite club there's not too many three bit world champions um, from any part of the world really so um, I'll be joining an elite club, um, but I I know I can do it. Like it, it's going to be a difficult fight. I, I understand that, and and he's much bigger than me, and and he's got uh, height and reach advantages. But I just believe that I can win this fight, and I feel like it's 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 got to be destiny destiny for me. I've had a, I've had a lot of bad luck over the last couple of years, a lot of bad luck. But yeah. I think they're starting to change here, and um, I think this is I think this is going to be. Twenty twenty has been a disastrous year for everyone, but I think it, it could finish on a high note for me.
0: What did you make of his last performance recently?
5: It wasn't great, and, and I think uh, he would he would say that himself. It wasn't great. He allowed a quendo, who's about a half an inch shorter than me, allowed him to get on his chest from the you know the middle of the first round. Um, I thought that Jamel would have been using his feet and using his reach, but. Maybe the the feet and the reach and the legs aren't what they once were, and they allowed a just to get on them, and um, it it wasn't a brilliant performance. Um, and saying that my performance against uh, trainer was okay, but it wasn't brilliant either. Um, and, and it's difficult to get a second gear, I suppose, when when there's no crowd watching, uh, and that that may be an issue in this fight. I don't know if there's going to be a crowd or not. Um, but I think that I think that both of us, knowing that they're a dangerous man across the other side of the ring, I think we'll be on it a lot more.
0: Yeah. He's had a horrendous year, to be fair, hasn't he? You know what I mean? With the amount of camps falling in and out with COVID and him contracting COVID Mm. and what have you. Carl, given... um, And you've obviously just classed yourself as middle-aged, man. Uh, That's not my word. That's yours. Um, (laughs) But with you classing yourself as that and where he's at right now and this... You stepping up now to a a third weight. He's
1: older. He's he's yeah. Well, yeah, he's older than you. Yeah, yeah. but
0: but 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 with the with the challenge that you've set yourself of becoming a three-weight world champion, would you say that Herring is the toughest opponent to date? And I'm bringing in Leo Santa Cruz and everybody into that.
5: Well, yeah, I suppose because of the size Yeah, it's gotta be it's gotta be the toughest opponent. Um, He's a much bigger man. I mean the, the. the pictures of me and him when he when he get into the ring to shake my hand after I fought <laughs> in Las Vegas. It looks comical almost mm. the photographs. He doesn't he, he looks like and I know he wasn't in fight shape and, and stuff, but um there was a there was a visible size difference. But it's that's something that gets it excites me that this is such a task and people people will think that I'm just too small to win the fight. And that excites me and I want to prove a lot of people wrong. I genuinely believe it's gonna be tough, I know that, but I genuinely believe with the determination of my mindset at the minute, even before I have started the camp, I, I believe I can beat this guy.
4: Yeah, he does have a considerable, you know, height high and reach advantage, but you must have gained a lot of confidence from his last performance because you sort of, you saw the blueprint on how to beat him, didn't you? And uh, and, and that yeah. must give you a lot of confidence going in, Cole, knowing that, you know, to, you've got this opportunity to become the freeweight world champion, you know, for Ireland's first ever. I mean, that must that must give you a real push and a real buzz at this stage Absolutely. of your career.
5: Absolutely. And, and Jonathan Aquendo, um, his opponent, he you know, he was he was he was never world class. He was kinda of fringe world level and, and he's older now. Um, thirty eight I believe he was, um, when they fought each other and it's just I don't know, it just wasn't it wasn't the performance that you'd expect from Jamel Harina, a world champion fighting a thirty eight year old one time fringe world title, you know, uh fringe world level type of guy. It was just a it was a very, very mediocre performance. I was confident before the fight, but I'm even more confident now, but mm. I understand that I can't be just looking too much into that and, and it may have been an off night. He had he had three camps or whatever for the last fight. Camps mm. ball through and he may have been overtrained and there's obviously things that's happened to that I don't know about so um I can't be reading too much into that but it gives me it gave me a little bit more confidence.
0: Well, only Jumel knows the true answer to what I'm about to ask you, mate. But do you think he quit?
5: It was a a strange scenario, wasn't it? Mm. And I, 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 uh, do you know what? My, my first impression was I thought that he was, he was winning the fight. He was struggling, not struggling, but he was winning the fight, but it was getting hot Mm. and he, he seen, he seen a way out. And and that's what I thought. Mm um is it ratchet now is that where you're going you, is it you watching that no, you watching I, I, the boxing I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch i'm gonna watch the boxing yeah good decision. <laughs> good 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> listen well thank you very much for giving up a, a little portion of your saturday night mate go back and enjoy the boxing and we're looking forward to this mate have we have we got a um an idea of date of when we're looking at
5: well they're saying before the end of the year um okay. and that's that's what it looks like hopefully before the end of the year it's always nice to get one in before christmas but yeah uh, I, I, I've heard of it could potentially be January uh, which is a, a pain, pain in the arse but it is what it is
0: Just all fire on those thoughts Carl because we've got some news coming for you a little bit later on in the podcast with Bob Arum Now then, let's get to a fight that's going ahead on October the 31st Derek Chisora is taking on Alexander Usik and Delboy joined us on the show on Saturday Derek, let's uh, let's talk um, about this fight because you have kind of been living with this now for the best part of a year because it was on, it was booked. You started your camp, then obviously the pandemic hits, it falls off. So therefore, I've no doubt camp stops. It's on, off, on, off. Now we've finally got a date. How's it been psychologically over the last twelve months, mate? Getting yourself ready for this fight that may or may not
6: happen. You know what? Yeah, when, when we when the fight was happening, I was in uh, I went to I was in Saudi. And then I saw you sick, And then we spoke about the fight. And they said the fight's going to happen. And then we're like, okay, let's get the numbers right. We got the numbers right with Eddie. And then now to announce the fight now. And then the pandemic hit. So the day we announced, that was a last press conference yeah, for the fighters. Yeah. yeah. So everybody announced. And then suddenly, are we going to fight? Are we not going to fight? Now we're all wondering. And then it didn't happen. But. With my management team, I have with David. So I sat down with David with all my trainers. I like, listen, I can't be every day not, not training. We have to do something. Then I like, oh, You're going to train every day for 45 minutes. Every day. So I train every day for 45 minutes since lockdown and reopening the, the whole country and stuff like that.
0: As in, like, strength and conditioning, doing a bit on the bag? What, what type of stuff are we doing for 45 minutes?
6: I was doing. I would do strength in the yeah. morning. I would do. I would go in the morning. Do strength, and that was my session for today. The next day, I'll go. Do, I'll do bag. London shoe fighters, and the next day I'll do wrestling. with other MMA fighters, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like yeah. So so I've I've been training since last year after David Price fight. I haven't stopped.
4: Derek, how excited are you to to be? Having this challenge against Usyk, who's pretty unproven to be fair at heavyweight, he box He beat Chaz Witherspoon in a, in a in a little bit of a labored labored fight. But this is his first real test against a, a big name heavyweight, and and you always seem to perform better when you backs up, backs up against the wall. I mean, how are you finding this one you, with fighting Usyk?
3: Listen,
6: Southpaws are very hard, man. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, but you know, credit to my whole team. The guys are, are working for, working working with me, they're like they like telling me we have to sparse off. I've been sparing software since last year. Mm. You know, I've had the channel gash in you know, I got my friend Brian Jennings. He goes southpaw for me sometimes, and I got loads of people in, so it's been great, but it's been hard. But now I'm, 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 I'm understanding southpaw now. I'm getting it now.
4: Mm. But you boxed um, Arthur Spilker. He was a southpaw, wasn't he? And That's... you smashed him. And, and and he was yeah. Going into that fight, I remember because we was we was working there. That was an- another fight week, and and we was everyone was saying, you know what, this is a fifty fifty fight. Actually, Derek's a slight underdog. He went in there. And you systematically smashed the life out of him and and put in one of the better performances, I think, from you against a guy who'd been eight rounds or nine rounds with Deontay Wilder. And you put in a performance. So actually, Mm. Southpaws, mate, uh, you you proved that you can deal with him all right.
6: Yeah, but it's all about if you're fit. But I'm telling you, for this fight, I'm going to be so fit. It's going to be unbelievable. I'm fit. You know, I'm fit and strong. That's what. I'm, that's that's what I got right now in my tank. Mm. So he's gonna have to chuck a kitchen, kitchen sink at me to stop me. <laughs> I, was,
4: ah. I was gonna say, are, we, are you gonna go and chuck the kitchen sink at him straight away? I mean, what's the tactics there? Because obviously you got strength, you got size, but he's got beautiful boxing skills. He's a slick southpaw. Are you just gonna go on there, sit on his chest from the opening bell, Listen, and this, go this, for this, it? This, this, this is gonna be a Costasu
6: and Ricky Hyde situation. You remember that fight, Costasu yeah. and Ricky Hat. Yeah. You know, people didn't even give Ricky Hat a chance, and that was my first fight. I watched him in 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 uh, Manchester. Mm. So I'm looking forward to this fight. It's just, like unbelievable. You know, he's a good fighter, but mm. there's only he can box if you want to box him. He's never boxed anybody like me. Mm. My my you takeaways. Know,
0: you... my... Sorry, Dale. My, my takeaways Sorry. from Ricky Hatton Costa Zoo is that Ricky set a pace that Costa Zoo was uncomfortable at fighting with. Is that what you're referring
6: to? You're, you're, to I'm going to a yeah. I'm gonna set a pace. I'm going to set a pace. Yeah. So imagine now if you're setting a pace and you've got a guy who's heavier than you and who's just chucking leather. You know, remember we're boxing in 10 ounce gloves. You know, this is going to be proper, real, real leather happening here.
4: Yeah. Derek, you know, we're only a couple of weeks out from the fight now. All the hard work's been done, the sparring's been done and all that. What's that like for no, you now? No, not for me, my friend. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you ask. To be fair, you, you, you've always done things slightly different. I mean, I've known you since, you know, right, way back in the amateur days. You've always done things your way and your own way. And I know you spar right up to the last minute. But I mean, are you slow? Like, what's the last couple of weeks like for you approaching a fight like this? I mean, like, on the, on the mental side of things, I suppose.
6: You know, this whole last week I just finished called the Hell Week, you know. Yeah. The Hell Week means there's so much cardio and then this whole week now I'm doing sparring now. I just finished by my sparring today and I got another another fifty rounds next week. You know, boom. It is what it is.
0: Mm. But the, 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 again, going back through your career, Derek, because you've been at the highest level. you fought at the you, highest you level. Sound
6: like, you sound like I'm retired already. No, no, no,
0: no. I'm just saying, what I'm saying is, is that for this camp, it seems that everything's fallen into place right. Nutrition, work, the, the the camp, everything about it just seems bang on for this. You know what I mean? It seems to be coming together now. Is that a fair assessment or not?
6: Yeah, it's a good assessment. Yeah, everyone This right now is bang on, you know, everything is going right, you know, having no injuries, you know, I've trained right, I've mean, been I mean, eating right, I've been drinking mm. right, you know, so, you know, God is on my side. Mm.
4: Derek, you know what, for the first time in your career, mate, and I think I, I can say this because I know you personally, you've probably met someone... As mad as you, as nutty as you, <laughs> um, and and that would be no, the first you know, time. Man, and and you, do you know, know what crazy. you've had the social media banter between you two. There's a lot of respect between you both, and we've had the. Listen, Derek, I'm a big fan and and you doing a the same.
6: Fan. I'm a big fan. I already said it. This guy boxing on Olympics. I'm boxing on Olympian. Mm. Yeah.
3: yeah.
6: Mm. I'm a big fan. The guy knows how to fight. You know, I admire him when he won the Muhammad Ali Trophy. You know, when he beat all those cruiserweights. You know, I'm a big fan of this guy, but, you know, when it comes to that deal on the 31st, October 31st, you know, I'm going to not be a fan. Mm-hmm. It's no mercy, go to war.
0: Cannot wait for that fight. Now, during the conversation with Derek Chisora, uh the IBF featherweight champion of the world was driving back from Manchester, He'd just been to pick his mate up. He we were having a little bit of a listen to the show and he thought, Do you know, I fancy getting involved. We're not ones to turn down the likes of Josh Warrington on this show, so we got him straight on. He wasn't even in the running order. Here he is. You're a wanted man. Don't know if you were watching the television last night, um, but Emmanuel Navarrete became the uh, WBO champion in your weight division and first name out of his mouth were uh, Josh Warrington. i would say something, that'd be a cracker yeah. if we could get that on, eh? I tell you, it's, uh, it's
1: everybody's after me. Everybody's after me,
7: you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going
1: to say, yeah, there's... It's every man and his dog, you know. It's. Uh, I, guess, I guess it's nice to be a in man. Like um, I, I don't know how he, you know, he just said Warrington. and it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's definitely Josh Warrington. Josh Warrington. But um, yeah, listen, he, he loves a, he loves a tear up, and uh, he's got a belt, so that appeals to me. And, and fair play to him, you know, you want the, you want the champions to be going into the fights with other champions, you know, you don't want yeah. to be you don't want to have fighters winning belts and then. Defending them against ten cans for, for five or six fights before they go into a you know another big fight.
0: Where, where are we at with the fight? For, we we can for you the unification fight. Is how far down the line are we with it?
1: Um, obviously in these um, circumstances, you know the fights have not been as easy to make. You know, yeah. especially a big unification uh, fight. Um, I do know the talks are continuously ongoing, and uh, you know we should be looking maybe Christmas time, if not early New Year. So, you know, I've I've been training all year and uh, as soon as they give it green light, then it's on the pedal.
0: It's a frustrating time, isn't it, mate? Because like, like we had that wonderful, wonderful year where you've beaten Selby and you've beaten Frampton, and then we were, we were talking about obviously getting over to the States, weren't we? And all your, for every fan that were ringing us on our show were going, come on, man, when's Warrington fighting again? We want to get over to New York, we want to get over to Vegas, we want to go and do this, we want to go and do that. And obviously the pandemic hit, and it's kind of shut everything down, really. So it's been a frustrating time for everybody, but more so, I suppose, for yourself, of of. Because all those fights are just sat there waiting for you. It's just because of travel restrictions and visa restrictions, they can't necessarily, they're not the easiest to make right now.
1: Yeah, listen, Adam, it's frustrating. Listen, I'll, I'll be honest, we have had a fair bit of moping um, and crying and sulking and stuff like that, you know. I've played mm. scenarios many a time out in my head about, you know, uh, at Eddling back in June, 25,000 in Italy Stadium, big unification fight, everyone, uh, you know, great merry, Heading down to the stadium, yeah. singing and shouting, all having a good time, me unifying division. and, then, like you say, going up into into the states and creating more memories. But I, I guess it's work, There's people in worse off situations, and we're all in the same boat here. So just mm. got to stay positive And like, it's given me time to work on a few things. And when it does get back, then uh, listen, we'll be more ready to go. And uh, you know, all the lockdown down training will have paid off.
4: Yeah, Josh, you said there about you know being a frustrating time for not just yourself but everybody in the boxing world. Really, there's a lot of fights starting to get going now, getting over, starting to get over the line. The back end of the year looks busy. I mean, has it been a difficult time for you to stay motivated? You know, um, stay motivated through these difficult times.
1: Um, not really, Spencer. The reason being is cause, like I'm, I'm at the top of my game here. I'm, you know, I'm a world champion, you know, and, and I've realised that this career it's not last forever. I'm not. I'm, I'm 30 next month. I, it don't feel like two minutes ago. I, would, I you know, I was turning pro the 18th, just after my 18th birthday. Mm. Now I'm 30, it's like 11 years deep. And uh, <laughs> you and you wanna you wanna be um, you wanna be at top of game as long as you possible. And like I say, use you've got to use this time as a positive. You know, try better yourself as a fighter. I mean, you look at the best in, in other sport in over sports, you know. Cristiano Ronaldo didn't get as, as, as good as he did by just sitting at home playing the PlayStation, posing in his boxes. He got the best by, you know, constantly training, adapting, making himself better, and you know, looking at saying, "I'm not Ronaldo. I don't look as good in underpants as what he does." But, <laughs> but, but, you're only, only, only going to better yourself by spending time in the gym, working sure. hard, and be ready for that phone call.
4: Yep. Sure. Yeah, I mean, what's the future plans, Josh? Are you, are you want to unify the titles down at featherweight? Is there any plans on moving up to super featherweight and, and trying to win a world title at a second weight?
2: Yeah, listen, all,
1: all that's there, uh, uh, Spence. You know, it's, uh, for me, the ideal scenario in Joshua and head is, uh, well, I can't tell you some of much stuff, actually, what goes on in my head, but <laughs> maybe, <so laughs> it's a unified division, you know, getting that ring magazine built home, you know, that's it, business done at featherweight. Uh, if, 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 if the fight with Gary Sloot Jr. were there, the WBC belt, yeah, I'd stay around for that. And after that, two-weight world champion sounds lovely. You know, I think once you start getting to that territory, they start giving you letters behind your name, don't they? So, Absolutely. Um, do, all, do, all, do all that stuff. And then I think from there on, I just want to be in the big fights, what create the most memories. So if they said, right, yeah, you fancy Lomachenko at uh, 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 lightweight and you know, it can be in Las Vegas at this, and let, let's have
0: it, let's have it. Just create the memories and make a bit of history. The, you just mentioned Gary Russell's name there, right? And that that baffles me, how that fight cannot be made. Uh, you know, because, I mean, he, he's recently been chasing guys at higher weight categories than him, hasn't he? I know he was chasing Devin Haney recently, and that fight didn't happen because Haney's now fighting Gamboa. But if he's desperate and searching for a fight, we've got an IBF world champion here ready to rock and roll, man. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well well this is you know, it's uh, talk sheep, isn't it? Adam, you know, it's uh, it can say one thing to the camera when it comes down to putting pen to paper, it's a different story. I mean it's all right going and, and getting uh, getting hold of Leo Santa Cruz's dad who's, you know, ill and uh, and they you know, acting big man there. Can you imagine him doing it to, to man aside of me here? Oh Johnny Kebab gaving of him? I mean he's quite man. Johnny's a story just shot a 6 foot 20 storm and he would crush
3: him. 20 storm, it is, man. I can't say that, it's, it's best not what I can imagine. Yeah, exactly. Don't do me on
1: 6 foot. not happening, is it? No. It's not happening. No. So, does he, does he really want it? Well... We'll, we'll, we'll see, but I, I'd, I'd
7: take that fight all day long. If everybody wants to fuck with now. we are here and we are waiting and we will
4: check it. I, I yeah. think the problem that he's got, Gary yeah, he Russell Jr., is the problem he's got is that he's just, he doesn't box enough. He boxes maybe once a year or so, then he goes out calling out other names because he's not a household name, because he's a great fighter, by the way, but he just is yeah. too inactive. That's his problem. He needs to stop talking, get in the ring and start, and start trying to unify titles and, and, and get on with it. It's, for me, he just doesn't box enough.
1: No, listen, Sped, he He's a good fighter. You are right there, but you know, like in this sport, inactivity is no good for anybody. And the longer, the longer it goes on, and the older he gets, that little bit of sharpness, what used to be able to get him through the fights and be the difference, it'll start to fade away. So, mm. like, I, I'm, 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 I'm confident that given that fight, you know, it would not be an upset for me. It might be quite a straightforward win, and uh, I'd love that fight, but. Obviously the fight with Kanju is the one what advertising because it's about a zillion punches a, a fight and uh, and everyone loves to see people knock at seven dollars out of each other.
0: Entertaining as ever, the IBF featherweight champion of the world. Fingers crossed we can get them super fights made in the not too distant future. One lad that's got a fight coming up on December the fifth is Luke Campbell. He's taking on Ryan Garcia. Luke joined us on the show on Saturday be honest with me, are you surprised that this has been signed and sealed? Because I genuinely thought that he was talking a lot of hot air, Ryan Garcia. I thought this was too soon for him. And I didn't think that maybe his, his management team would allow this fight to happen at this stage of his career. So is it, has it become a bit, a bit of a surprise that it's been made?
3: Do
2: um, you know, it's, I mean, for me, it's, it's one of them where I've always sort of been ready. I don't, I don't care. A lot of people have been asking me questions. Is it too early for him? Blah blah blah. For me, I've never. That's that's not my concern. It's my concern is just being the best I can be, hmm.
3: you know, and,
2: uh, in the fighting. So, so yeah. um But I'm I'm happy it's happening. It's mm. a great fight. Have you got
0: a location for it yet, Luke? I mean, there's a lot of chat of various of places in America is it going to be America and if so whereabouts mate
2: yeah it's, it's going to be America Um I couldn't I couldn't actually tell you um a specific place but I've been told it's going to be uh, California
3: ok yeah
2: I mean, I'd, I'd love for it to be over here um, but listen it's it's California Um and I guess you know I'm, I'm happy to travel I've been there before I've booked there before so it, it do not bother me having to travel
4: I was going to say, yeah, you boxed you for a world title out there before against Jorge Lenares. Didn't you put an unbelievable performance? Actually, the two world title fights that you've had, Lomachenko and Lenares, you've been up against pound for pound stars. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's incredible, <laughs> mate. I mean, that's like, that's the toughest route to a world title, I think, that I, I, I can remember. Um, you got this fight against Garcia. Is this a WBC eliminator? Will this put you straight in line for a shot at one of the other cha- champions? Maybe the winner of ha- ha- um, Haney Gamboa, or or Deontay Davis, Santa Cruz. One of those guys. Will it put you in? Will it put you in for a shot?
2: So this is the WBC um, interim world title,
4: right?
3: You
2: know, it's for the interim title and uh, for the WBC. So in really, in hindsight, the winner should fight um, Devin Haney. Yeah. The, 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 thing is,
0: the thing is, right now, Luke, this division is red hot. The talent in this division is absolutely outstanding, and there's a real path that I can see for you now, in order to to come through in a in a two, maybe three fight window. Because obviously we've got we've got a super fight happening in a couple uh, of weeks' time, and I'm, I want your opinion on that in a moment with Lomachenko and Lopez. Now, whatever yeah. happens in that fight, my gut instinct, whatever happens in that fight, is that neither of those guys continue it this way. I, I just don't think they will. I think Loma might go back down and I think Lopez will clear he'll, he'll go up. So everything then kind of fragments once again. And you just mentioned there, Devin Haney, he's taking on Gamboa. I, I think he'll come through Gamboa. Mm. I think Gamboa's a, a little bit over the hill now. That's no disrespect to him. He was once upon a time a yeah. great fighter. But at 38, I think Haney comes through. You versus Devin Haney for the full WBC title, mate. That is unbelievable. What a fight.
2: Yeah, no, I'm like you say, I think it's a it's a good one. I mean, you you look at the likes of uh, you look at the likes of um, Gamboa. You know, he's he's, he's a, no disrespect, but he's a forty-year-old guy, and you know he's and he's passed it. Mm. Um, and I do believe it will probably be Haney's toughest test as well. Was there any of sure.
0: a chat of you and Hany uh, fighting? Sorry, Spence. Was there any fight of you two getting it on pre? the 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 Garcia fight,
2: and um, there was talks of everything really, um, you know there was there was so much talking going on, um, and ninety eight percent of it never really happened, mm. you know what I mean? So you just sort of like you just you just sort of get on with what you're doing until, mm. um, until
4: contracts are signed and sealed, sort of thing. Sure. Let's let's talk about the, your next opponent Ryan Garcia he's, he's he's America's new golden boy and he's 20 and 0 17 KOs no real names on his record so far he's looked great a little bit straight back carries his chin a little bit high but got incredible hand speed a lot of power I know the Americans Oscar De la Hoya, et cetera, have all got a lot of hope for him do you think that he's he's jumping into into it too soon Luke with someone of your um, of your stature
2: Yeah like I said you know I can I can't answer that question um you know, I've just, I've just got to expect the, my, the toughest test for me, um, you know, and, and be prepared no matter what really, it's, uh, it, you know, it's one of them. Um, I've been asked that question loads of time, people asking me if it's too soon for him. You know, it's that's not my problem. At the end of the day, I just need to be the best I can be.
0: You may have seen last weekend Johnny Nelson on the TV giving his opinion on the light heavyweight division. We've all got opinions on who would win between Buatsi and Callum Johnson and Anthony Yard. Um, and Johnny's no different. He very kindly decided to join the show on Saturday night with myself and Spencer whilst we were interviewing Callum Johnson. Brilliant from both of these guys. Johnny gave his side, Callum gave his side. Take a listen to this. Now of course, Johnny, we've got Mr. Mr. Johnson on here, and um, off the back of the Boazzi fight last week, you um, you had your say on Boazzi himself, and then the state of the light heavyweight division. Um, and part of that conversation was your your inner belief that you didn't believe that Mr. Johnson here, Callum, fancied a fight um, with uh, Josh Boazzi. Am I am I, antici- am I interpreting that right? Is that is that what you meant with what you were saying last week? Uh,
7: you know, you know what? I, I I actually. Regardless of of what Callum thinks, I actually like Callum. I actually like uh, everything about him. I like his attitude. I like so uh, so far. The frustrating thing about this is Callum Johnson's not boxed for almost six hundred days. He's had three fights in three years. i looking on the whole, on the bit on the biggest on the big picture. You've got we've got three are uh, world class. The world competitors at Light Heavyweight, in Yard, Boatse, and, and, and Callum. Callum is the quietest out the lot of them. And and I know he's, I know Callum's saying, I'm above these, and, and what I'm saying is, it's about, excuse my friends, pissing on your tree. It's about establishing yourself to say, you know what, I'm the boss here. and making people know. And he's just being, it's not what he said, it's what he hasn't said. Mm. And so, so I'm thinking to myself, Callum, man, you know what? These boys—they're taking off. They're shutting you out. So it's, it, that's telling me that you either you either, either don't want it, or, or you're looking for a, 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 a. I don't get it. Uh, Boatsy, what? He's number three with the WBA. You know, he's in it. He's got a good rank. therefore therefore taking his scalp. It puts you again in position in that top mix in another governing body. I just don't get it. I've seen it be it happen time and time before, and I think these will be cracking up. Listen, remember this? I didn't say what beat him. What I'm saying is, you know what? I'm feeling this boy didn't want it. I- I'm not saying, I'm not saying Bwack to beach Yard. I'm not saying A, B, C, B, C, B, C. What I'm saying is, boys, you know what? You've got to make some noise here. Because right now, it's looking like uh, Joshua Bwack is flying through. And, and, and he's getting the opportunities. Callum, you've not boxed for 600, almost 600 days. You've had three fights in three years. And this is a, you're a world-class fighter. Three fights in three years. You've got to make it, you've got to stamp your authority, man.
8: Did you, did you, I was just said there, was you listening to what I just said then? I just dropped on, man. I just dropped on. Basically, like you say, (laughs) back back to the Buglioni fight, yeah? I had the Buglioni fight, and then I boxed Betterbeev, and then I went back out to America to box a world contender in Shirley Monaghan to open myself up for another world title shot, which. I was was marked last year. Yeah, then I got injured. So I was out, I was out for like eight, nine months with injury. Then I got made mandatory for the European. Yeah. So then I'm training for the European fight, which was going to happen in March this year. It never happened. They kept changing the dates. Then it was going to be May. And then the pandemic struck and we got in lockdown. So through all this time from the Buglioni time to where lockdown came, I I was doing my own things anyway. So, I had no reason to shout out Joshua Bartzi. It's only the last couple of weeks or the last month or so where it's all started being talked about. It's just tell you why it's been
7: talked about? You're, you're full of it or or whatever, and your fans have come out, but at least people are talking about it. At least the cat is now set amongst the pigeons. Mm. Uh, let me ask you this. Are you not Are you not interested in calling that either of those two? Because realistically, the 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 gates, the interest, the 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 scalps you'll get fighting those two, especially are mad. So, are
8: you not interested? Hundred percent, hundred percent, I'm interested. When when I won the British title off Frank Buglioni, yeah, Eddie this has come from Eddie himself, sent an offer to Frank Warren for me to fight Yard then. But they turned it down. They said they didn't want that fight because for whatever reason. um, Obviously now I said to Joe, Joe sent an offer, said to Eddie, we'll happily go in with Boazzi in December on the AJ card. But then Eddie said that he's not fighting in December. He's not fighting till next year. So if Eddie, and then Eddie saying he's offered me to fight Boazzi next year. Here he has but he sent me a free fight offer, and like you say, there's, there's sending offers, and then they're sending serious offers as well, and it wasn't really a serious offer, because, you know, the, like, say, if, if Anthony Yard was going to fight Boazzi, can you imagine how much money the pair of them would want? Mm. Now, I don't, I don't want massive amounts of money, but I want fair money. I want fair money, because I think I deserve it. Now, if Eddie sends me a fair offer, I'll fight Boazzi next week, the week after, or next month, or whenever he wants to fight. So, you know, I'll jump in the ring with anybody in the world. I'm not. I'm genuinely not bothered about fighting any man on the planet. So- I, I, I Callum, and I,
7: listen to me, I, honestly. And if you're taking an insult, I'm sorry. I'm not doubting your corners. I'm not doubting. I'm not doubting that side of you. What I'm, what I'm saying is, I look. And I think you know what. You're the quietest man in the room, and I just think you know. Listen to me. You've got to, you have gonna look at what's happened over the last few weeks. It's all everybody's talking about. Why is it taking this long for to, to get to this stage? This has been should have been drumming up for for since 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 your world title, but 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 but, but, I, but 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 why? And that's something because, it's now about the fight. Saying, come on, let's do this. Let's Because, have, because, because
8: after our box with the world title, <laughs> yeah, Boatsy wasn't shouting out to fight me. He wasn't asking to fight me. He wasn't calling me. Out. And at that time, yeah. I had no reason to call
4: Boazia at that time. But I was. Cal- I was I, Callum, I was, do you get worried now, like that, that this stage of your career? You know, you you, you 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 sort of going into the twilight of your career now with your age and and, and stuff. Like, do you get worried that you're going you're going to miss? miss the boat if you don't take these opportunities now sometimes you sort yeah. of you've got to take those opportunities to get the shot and go uh, and move on and progress and like Johnny said there I think you've got a prime opportunity because the, the light heavyweight division at the moment is one of the strongest weights in the country and you've got a great op- opportunity do you feel that you need to jump in before you miss the boat and before you know b- before the fights sort of slip away
8: yeah because as that as well yeah but you know also I, I feel very fresh I don't feel like um, my age is an issue I'll be honest sir. Uh, um, but as you say, the, the fight—the fight is going to happen because it's getting talked about a hell of a lot now, isn't it? And it's only the last couple of weeks it's been talked about. So where we're where, where Johnny gets up in the quietest in the room, I, I don't—I just can't agree with that comment because it's never really been spoke about. Um, I've never heard any of them ever call me out. You know, all I've ever heard is me not get mentioned. To be honest. I've had my own things I've had my own things going on like say getting through the injury and then I then I was made mandatory for the Europeans so whilst I'm training for a European title and waiting to get the date for that I mean what do I need to be vocal about Joshua Wattsion for the out for at that time there's, there's there's no reason for it I can listen
0: first first of all kudos to both both of you coming on and having a bit of a chat about this tonight because I can see the value in what Johnny's saying there about taking control of your own destiny in a way. And I can see the the value of a Joshua Boazzi. I can see the value of an Anthony Yard. And those type of fights, even though you've been at a higher level fighting the likes of an Arthur Baturbi, I and mean, that's no disrespect to the other boys, without any shadow of a doubt, they'll get there, I'm sure. But um, you can, surely, Callum, you can see the value mm. of beating one of those guys. Right now, oh, from, from from a from a British fans point of view and where that then puts you in the pecking order of all these top top light heavyweights.
8: Yeah, of course, of course. Like you say, if they, but like you asked Joshua Boazzi after his fight the other day, oh do you want Callum next? And he like you say, he said, Oh my team, I'll speak to my team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but like you say if they if they if they really want to have the fight now, next, you know, like you say, tell Eddie send a serious offer and it it'll happen. You know what yeah. I mean? It'll happen.
4: Yeah, um, 100%. I mean, it's a it's a fight that look it's a fight that's been talked about recently, and I think it's a fight that everyone wants to see. Stylistically, you versus Boyaci or you versus Yard would just be an absolute belter, and I think that I think that we need to get it on sooner rather than later because it could be one of those fights that that we talk about and never happens, and that would be a real shame.
8: Yeah, I agree, I agree, 100%. I
7: can't, I can't,
4: I can't, I've, seen, I've seen our sport and I've
7: seen many potential matchups of domestic, domestic fighters, that would be bigger than anything uh, uh, elsewhere. And to me, this is an opportunity that I see slipping, slowly but surely away, because it, 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 for one reason or another, it, you can see why it can't happen. This is in your hands, Simba his hands, it's in your hands, to, 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 to put this glue together. And and sorry, it's your name, I called out, I could have called that Yard. I could have called it. But what I'm saying is I'm thinking, you know what? Callum, you. You're lucky, I'm looking and thinking 600, it's almost 600 days. You didn't box in 2017, boxed in yeah. 2018 twice. You, bought, uh, you boxed once last, once last year. You, you, what I'm saying is you need some momentum going along to say, right. Mm. And I understand injury, I get it all. But what I'm saying is it gets to the stage where you think you can fight we you'll get to the stage where you're forgotten, man, or you don't get the credit you deserve.
8: Yeah, well, like you say, we'll, uh, like I, say I should have a fight date soon, so we'll get back active, and then next year things will happen. Mm. I'm hoping so.
4: Yeah we really look forward to getting, seeing you in the mix mate because like I say it's one of those fights and, and I echo what Johnny said that we really need to see we really want to see and I think that it's going to you know that, that, that that's, that's your chance to really propel your career and um, yeah let's just hope that happens Callum and those, we do get those fights over the line because mate you are one of the most exciting light heavyweights out there and it'd be great to see them fights Callum can I ask you a question are you, are you signed to matchroom are you a matchroom fighter
0: no I'm not signed no Right. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. No, listen. I'm, I'm just coming at it from a promotional point of view, and this is no disrespect, but but Watsi does get a a, a decent amount a, a, a limelight. Obviously, Anthony R gets a lot of limelight with uh, with Frank Warren. Maybe that's it.
8: Maybe 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 that's where it,
0: where it's at. At the end of the day, you can't we, force we, somebody to talk, can you? If that if that's not in their natural know, makeup.
8: We know. We know. At the end of the day, it's not. It's not a secret, or it's not. Um... It's not like a thing that we, we know who the maturing fighter is, who the favourite is, and, and who the golden boy is. We know all that. And like you say, and at the end of the day as well, yeah, the fight needs to happen. 100% it needs to happen for my career, for Boaz's career, for, for British boxing. But at the same time, I'm not being tret like, like the away fighter or like the opponent. I'm not being, you know, just give, giving a few quid as an opponent. I'm not, because I don't... Why, why should I? Why should I? You know, if they want, if they want, if they want to fight, because at the end of the day, as well, I've got a name in America on my three performances, and I'm sure I could probably go out there and fight again. Um, but I'd rather stay here and I'd rather get the big fights here because, you know, it's always what I've wanted to be involved in them massive British showdowns. But, you know, at the same time, yeah, you know, I need to be trapped fairly as well. Now then.
0: At the start of the show, we had Carl Frampton talking about the anticipation of becoming a three-weight world champion. Well, it still may probably happen, um, but it's not quite a sealed deal as of yet. Bob Arum joined us, the main man from Top Rank, talking about all different aspects of fights that are coming up over the not-too-distant future. We started talking about heavyweights and Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, but there's a little bit in there that involves Carl Frampton, so stick around and keep listening to it. But first of all, here we go. Let's get stuck into some heavyweight chat. If I may start with the heavyweights, um, because uh, there's been a, a newspaper report here in the UK in the Daily Mail stating that the... The, the, there's an expiry day on the renewal of the Wilder Fury trilogy fight. What's the latest with that? Tyson wants to fight. Is it on? Is it going to happen in December or will he be fighting somebody else?
9: Well, that's up to Tyson because if we can't, as appears to be the case, uh, put on Wilder Fury uh, this year, uh, Tyson wants to keep busy and, uh, Uh, We're going to accommodate him. And then next year, uh, he can, assuming uh, uh, Joshua beats Pulev, uh, we can look forward to a Fury-Joshua fight.
0: What's the latest in conversations with the Wilder team, Bob? are Are they still working towards December or have you not had any correspondence?
9: Yeah, well, there aren't any dates available in December because you have to understand In the United States, uh, because of the pandemic, we're loaded with college football games and uh, the uh, professional league games, which are massively uh, popular in the United States, uh, like uh, your Premier League games are massively popular in the U.K. Uh, So on December 19th, where we hope to stage uh, the fight with uh, Fury and uh, and Wilder, uh, we were perform- we were informed by both ESPN, which handles Wilder, Wild- uh, which handles Fury, and uh, uh, Fox, uh, which handles uh, Wilder, mm-hmm. that December nineteenth isn't available because there are five college football championships that day, which are massive, a- and two NFL games. Uh, so December 19th, where we are hoping to do the fight, can't occur. And there's no other available dates where uh, a Wilder Fury fight can hand, can happen in December. Uh, so that leaves uh, uh, Tyson uh, Fury, uh, if he wants to do a fight in December, that he'll have to do it with another opponent uh, in the U.K., Uh, And then hopefully if he's successful and Joshua is successful on December 12th, uh, we'll look forward to talking about a uh, Fury-Joshua fight uh, sometime in the spring of next year.
4: Yeah, Bob, we had um, Tyson Fury on the show um, on Thursday, last Thursday, just gone actually, and, and he said that he was feeling frustrated because he didn't know what was happening with the Deontay Wilder fight. He he thought that Wilder was still injured as well. He said that could be postponing things, and he said that if that fight doesn't go ahead, which he expected it not to be going ahead because he hadn't really heard anything, he said that he will be fighting here in England against the, and against an opponent, and he wants that fight with Anthony Joshua, you know, as early as springtime. Is that a real possibility? I know that... Eddie Hearn has said that that that's a possibility and he he would like the fight to happen sooner rather than later. Could we be looking at, you know, as early as maybe even April, May time for, for Joshua versus Fury? I mean, that that's something that the world wants to see.
9: I agree with you 100%. Tyson Fury is a very intelligent man and uh, uh, he put it accurately that if he can't do a wilder fight in December, which looks like it can happen, Uh, He wants to fight somebody else uh, because he's been training vigorously during this whole pandemic. Last time he fought was in February. So, sure, he should do a fight in the U.K. uh, in December against an opponent that will be selected. And then we'll get ready uh, for April or May for the great showdown that everybody wants to see, uh, which is Fury Fury. Uh, against Joshua. So
0: contractually, Bob, just to confirm, if if the Wilder fight doesn't happen in December, it's not looking likely, that won't hold up moving forward with Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury next year?
9: The only thing that's going to stop that fight is if Tyson Fury doesn't beat the opponent that he selects for December and uh, Joshua doesn't beat Pula. But mm. if they both win that's the fight we're moving ahead on uh, for April or May of next year
4: yeah and Bob if we do get that fight, the fight that everybody does want to see, if we, if that fight does happen, where do we believe that well, that would be, Bob? I mean, you know, there was talk of it hopefully happening at Wembley, but that's only if we could get a full capacity crowd and stuff. Do you see the fight maybe going even out to the Middle East? I think there's been talk of that as well, and we know that they put up so much money for the fight to go there. I know you'll get offers globally for this fight, but where do you where do you feel like where do you where do you feel that the fight will happen?
9: Well, again, that'll be a decision made uh, by Top Rank, uh, by uh, Queensberry Promotions, and by Eddie Aram's Matchroom. Uh, We're all business people, and we're going to choose the site that's most uh, remunerative for the fighters.
0: Mm. Um, Bob, I've seen um, on social media over the last... Um, couple of hours uh, a fight that you we spoke about in the past with Josh Taylor and uh, Jose Ramirez a fight that everybody's excited about in the super lightweight division and I believe um, that Jack Catterall who was the WBO mandatory has agreed to step aside with all due respect to Jack and I know that he will uh, get his opportunity down the line but what a wonderful fight to be now talking about realistically and making and when are you looking to be making that fight
9: uh, early next year. Uh, we're already in discussions with a Ramirez-Taylor fight. Uh, Caterell has a position as the WBO mandatory, so we're going to arrange for him to fight uh, a good opponent, maybe on that card. Uh, and if he's successful, uh, then within 90 days, the winner of uh, Taylor and uh, ramirez will be obligated to fight Catero, which will be another monster fight, uh, probably in June uh, or July, uh, hopefully in the U.K. Ramirez has no problem fighting in the U.K. In fact, he would love to fight in the U.K., Fantastic! That's music to my ears. Anyway,
3: the, um,
0: sticking Damn with the, uh, the the WBO, we had Carl Frampton on the show a little earlier on. We spoke to Jamel Herring recently. We now know that that situation's been ironed out with Shakur Stevenson. A very similar situation. No, when it you...
9: hasn't been ironed out. It hasn't been ironed. out. Oh,
0: okay. Well, out. so let's with Stevenson, it.
9: Stevenson, <laughs> Shakur Stevenson is the mandatory, and he is refusing to step aside. Now that has to be then resolved by all the parties including the WBO. But Stevenson, like Catterall, has certain rights, uh, and those uh, have to be respected.
0: Mm. So that's still up in the air at this moment in time. Okay, no problem. I was going to ask you when you were working on uh, making that fight. Last night, you had a fantastic card on where we saw Emmanuel Navarrete step up in weight and become a multi-weight world champion. Great performance from him. The first name out of his mouth was Josh Warrington. Is that a fight that you are looking to make in the not-too-distant future?
9: We would love to do that fight. Mm. Josh Warrington is a tremendous fighter, and uh, he is very popular in the United Kingdom. Navarrete is, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime kind of fighter. Uh, you know, uh, he's not skilled, in, a, in in essence, as a boxer but he is a tremendous puncher and he's constant action and fans love to watch him perform. So I would love nothing better than to do an Averitt-Warrington fight.
0: Bob, we're seeing um, quite a few fights now um, relocating to Texas because I believe that they're starting to let fans into, into auditoriums and stadiums there. Is that, is that something that you're looking at as well uh, as top rank of relocating some of your fights there to get fans into the arenas?
9: Well, yeah, we were, you know, we're working closely uh, with Nevada authorities. Uh, You have to understand what's happening in the United States. We have screwed up the handling of the pandemic. We have states which have governors uh, that blindly follow an idiot president who has absolutely no idea of how to handle a pandemic. We have fatalities in the United States with the pandemic, way out of proportion to our population. And Texas, uh, I'm not surprised that they're allowing fights with spectators at this point. I just think it's terribly premature, Mm -hmm. and it's, uh, I think, a danger to the fighters as well as the spectators. But again, that's my view. I think in Nevada, uh, if we will allow spectators It will be done in a safe and sound manner, uh, using science to protect everybody, uh, spectators and participants, as much as humanly possible. You have to understand the United States is different from the U.K. Mm -hmm. We have uh, all these states with their own regulations, and some of them, particularly those that have Republican governors, uh, have no idea— Uh, at all about handling uh, this pandemic, and their view is you just open it up, uh, and if people get sick, that's what it is. Well, I don't believe in that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just think that's just absolutely wrong and irresponsible, Mm. and I think what's being done in the U.K. uh, very cautiously, just the way it's being done in Nevada, is the way to go. I mean, God damn it. We have to stop this pandemic first before we start packing arenas and stadiums uh, with fans. Sure, totally agree with that.
0: What's the what's the latest, Bob, with the Terence Crawford Cal Brook fight?
9: That's happening on, uh, I believe, it's November fourteenth. That's a uh, uh, um, a Saturday, isn't it? November fourteenth. Yep. 14th. yep. Yeah, that's the day that the fight will be held. Uh, Brooks and Crawford have signed contracts, and we're planning to do it uh, without spectators uh, in Nevada.
0: At the MGM bubble where you've been working recently, of course.
9: That is correct.
0: Okay, and let's get on to next week then, because that's what we're, uh, that's what we're all licking our chops at, my friend. Um, what a wonderful, wonderful fight to present to the world where two young men, putting it all on the line and and in a time where they could really have escaped from making the fight, not necessarily Lomachenko, but most certainly from Tiafimo Lopez's point of view, he's just become world champion. And for him to, in his first defense to be fighting for all the belts against one of the pound for pound best, what a fight to make.
9: Yeah. I mean, you got to give them credit. The fighters wanted to fight each other. They knew that they would not make the same money as if the fight happened in ordinary, in regular time where we could uh, have spectators. And uh, uh, so the revenue streams are way down. Uh, but thanks to ESPN, uh, we secured enough funds to do that fight. And to the fighters credit, they said, let's go ahead, let's do it. And so that fight will happen uh, next Saturday, Sunday in the UK.
4: Yeah, it's, it's, it's an ambitious move, Bob, isn't it, by Tiaferma Lopez. He's only 23 years of age. He's had 15 fights, one twelve, 12, beat Richard Comey in an incredible performance, by the way, Sh- showed incredible punch power, knocking Comey out in, in two rounds. But then he steps up to take on pound-for-pound if not the best fighter in the world against Lomachenko, who's been proven right the way through here. I mean, it's a big, very ambitious step for Lopez, isn't it? But I know that him and his father have talked about winning the world title in their 15th fight, fighting Lomachenko. So they, they, they're they going to what they said they were, they were going there. But do you feel that it's maybe a little bit ambitious for Lopez, or do you think that, you know, he is that good?
9: Well, yeah, he's fighting against a fighter in Lomachenko who is the best technical fighter that I've seen since the early Ali. I mean, uh, Lomachenko is an absolute genius in the ring. He has unbelievable footwork, unbelievable uh, ability to gauge distance. It's a really tough, tough pass uh, for Lopez. I mean, Lomachenko has to be uh, the favorite. Uh, But again, uh, Lopez feels that his punching power and his ring smarts can deal with the master. Uh, we'll have to see if that's the case on Saturday. Uh, but again, you know, it's boxing. Uh, Mm. when Muhammad Ali called out Sonny Liston and the Liston Ali fight was made so many years ago, nobody gave Ali a chance because they felt that, uh, he was too inexperienced, uh, and didn't have the ability to beat somebody as menacing as Sonny Liston, and we know what happened. So it's yeah. boxing. Sure, Does Lopez have a chance? Sure, he has a good chance. Yeah. But if he does, he's in with the master. You know, yeah. uh, that's all I can say about it. Sure. He's in with the master. The kid has destroyed all his competition uh, up to now, uh, but he hasn't fought on the same level as Lomachenko has. Uh, We know Lopez has great ability, great punching power, and so we'll see what happens on Saturday.
0: Bob, from a a business point of view, the world of boxing knows that that is the best fight in boxing. How easy was it then to make a decision with your broadcaster ESPN to not put it on pay-per-view?
9: Well, we were felt the only way we could do it was on pay-per-view, when ESPN came to us and he said, they said, look, the boxing fans need a good fight uh, in the United States uh, where they wouldn't have to go into their pockets to spend extra money to watch the fight. We have so many millions of people in the United States who are unemployed now because of the pandemic. And to ask people who are really suffering economically to spend money to watch a fight was a bit much. And so I give ESPN all the credit in the world for going into their own pocket and giving us the funds to enable us to do this fight uh, so that people in the United States can see it for free.
0: I mean, news bomb after news bomb from Bob Aram. Hopefully you enjoyed that programme. Loads of top guests. That's what it's like every single week here on Fight Night. So make sure you come and join us. If you can't come and join us live, subscribe to this podcast. Hit it now on iTunes. Fight night is what you're looking for. And on the website, if you need an Android feed for Spotify or anything like that, you can get it via the TalkSport website. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'll be on Fight Island the next time we speak. That's right, I'm out to go and see Habib versus Justin Gaethje. I'll keep you up to date with all of that. So I'll catch you next time.